Welcome to Horror to Sacred Horror Podcast. I am your host, Ethereal. I don't know why the way I said that. <laughs> I really want to laugh right now. It's funny. Um, okay, so this is actually my second go around recording this seventh episode. And I was like 12 minutes in, and my youngest daughter woke up. Thanks, baby. <laughs> and mama's still figuring out how to like um, pause it and then like add recording. So, you know, I figure like it was all meant to be. Second time is a charm. So, I know in our last episode, we got into some really taboo topics and it was very emotional for me. I listened back to some of it and I realized that. Uh, my voice was like low in some sections, so I'm like right here up front with my microphone in my mouth. Because <laughs> it's had a nasty thought. Like it's a big old sexy dick and I'm about to suck it. <laughs> okay, enough of that. So anyhow, I did want to add some law, some logic, some some real mastery behind my emotions and the taboo topics we talked about in the last episode. And that's why this is a law episode tonight at what? This morning, 2.51 a.m. What's the date? August 18th. Ooh, Friday. I'm still on like hoe hours because it's like once my kids go to sleep and I was a hoe, even like right before they would go to sleep, I would have my nanny and then I would be like getting ready and then they would be asleep and I would be working and up. This is like my working and up hours. Mom was like, I finally got my alone time. So, <laughs> so I'm using it to my advantage. Anyhow, um, honestly, I've been going through it, like just um, healing myself and dealing with being, being by myself and just like I've been holding all this in because like I did some of my research and I just got stuck and stagnant just in my feels about like transitioning and not hoeing and not having money not having the ability to make any money because I can't trust you know my kids in daycare and I'm like putting all my soul effort and hope and faith in this podcast and my crystal store which yay I did I have my website up it's called whore to sacred whore.com a work in progress but i do plan on selling my crystals there and it is up and published you can go visit it so anyhow i felt like i've been holding a lot in and not getting my podcast out in enough time so today i was just like inspired had a keurig coffee thanks um mel for giving me a keurig what a great friend and then Sina, my friend Sina, I love you, Sina. You gave me the best advice because apparently my last law episode was not as um, concise and fun as, you know, I would like my podcast episodes to be, even though they are very serious, these law episodes. And I feel like I'm a very powerful being and bringing something brand new to this universe and i'm so proud of myself and we need hoes that discuss law especially in nevada america's hub for sex work and 
sex trafficking. So to get into these laws, they are going to go in with our taboo topic of child sex and um, pedophiles. So the first bill, I'll just say all of the bills that we're going to do, there are five. Two passed, and those passed bills are SB 36 and AB 183. And there are three failed bills, AB 238, SB 121, and AB 233. So we're going to start off with the keynotes and summary of the Senate Bill 36, which was passed June 12, 2023, with 100% progression approved by the governor. And this is an act relating to criminal procedure requiring the Division of Parole and Probation of the Department of Public Safety to make a pre-sentence investigation and report to the court that includes a psychosexual evaluation in certain circumstances requiring the division to arrange a psychosexual evaluation when the defendant and prosecuting attorney make a joint request requiring certain defendants to be certified as not representing a high risk to reoffend by soliciting child sex ill uh, before the court may grant probation to or suspend the sentence of the defendant. And like, why would you want to make a special law that you passed to like help child sex buyers, actual buyers of children, not fantasy, but actual people who solicit a child sex prostituted person? Why would you want to help grant them probation or help suspend their sentence? Like, ew. Come on, Nevada. Do better. I mean, I guess everyone deserves their due process and rights. Right? But do pedophiles really? Not really, because they're freaking nasty. And even, honestly, when I think back to my own child sexual assault, um, and even more so now that my mom, like, really, like, admitted it, I'm just like, my vagina feels, like, gross and feels like pain. And just feels like this energetic essence of, ew, like, I still need to heal from that. So, yeah, y'all pedophiles are nasty, and I don't think there should have been a law that helps y'all get your sentence reduced. Nasty motherfuckers. Nasty child fuckers. Chomos. Chomos. Anyhow, so, the keynotes of SB 36. Soliciting child prostitutes is already a felony. Great job, Nevada. Um... Most of the summary of this law already exists. It's just that solicitation of a child who is prostituted, aka sex trafficked, is added to the list of sexual offenses that the law covers. Now, the amendatory provisions of the act apply to offenses committed on or after October 1st, 2023, and added to the law is the joint request for psychosexual evaluation, not only from the defendant, but adding the prosecuting attorney as well. It only applies to convictions where the original charge was a sexual offense, and this will apply for fiscal year 2023 through 2024 and 2024 through 2025, where they appropriate $41,400 for each fiscal year, 
from the state general fund to the division of parole and probation at the department of public safety for paying for these psychosexual evaluations like um uh, what shouldn't the defendant pay for them hello now any unused money appropriated for the division of parole and probation of the department of public safety must be reverted to the state general fund on or before September 20th, 2024 and September 20th, 2025. Okay. Now, again, I just wanted to shout out my friend Tina because <laughs> my I think it's like my ADD and my autism that I forgot exactly what I said about him specifically. And I just want to make sure y'all know that me reading just the summaries and the keynotes is because my friend Cena told me, like, don't read off exactly word for word. And I guess he thought that I was reading word for word from the website as I was recording. And it wasn't. I was reading word for word, letter for letter from my papers that I wrote looking at the law. And so he saved me a lot of time um, researching. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, you know, y'all think that this episode is funner and um, gives you just better insight. <laughs> okay, so the next passed bill was AB 183, and it was passed June 1st, 2023, approved by the governor. And this summary is of AB 193 is an act relating to child welfare requiring certain entities in the juvenile justice system and the child welfare system to screen certain children for commercial sexual exploitation, requiring such entities to take certain actions if the results of the screening indicate that a child is a victim of commercial sexual exploitation and providing other matters. Now, most of the summary of this law already exists and a few of the changes are deleting law from one section and adding or rewording the law into an amended, aka added section. It's interesting. So if a court finds that a child committed an act described in subsection 2, aka like prostitution, and that clear and convincing evidence exists that the child committed the Prostitution Act in connection with commercial sexual exploitation, the court shall not adjudicate the child as a delinquent or a child in need of supervision based on that sexual act. Upon such a finding, the court shall report the commercial sexual exploitation of the child to an agency which provides child welfare services. Now, the child welfare agency shall act upon that report and it also says the screening shall be conducted as soon as practicable by the facility which the child is committed, which includes whether the child has mental health needs or an alcohol or substance use disorder. And this is done every six months or when significant changes develop for the child's case plan. And the requirements do not apply if the method for conducting the screening is not reliable and valid for identifying because they require that the report must be reliable and valid for identifying whether a child who is the same age as the child to whom the requirements apply is a victim of commercial sexual exploitation. So I feel like that essentially means if you have one child who didn't commit a sexual crime, but they're the same age as a child who did commit a sexual crime, 
you have to see if both children would be susceptible to having someone prostitute them. I really do want to get a lawyer on these episodes to help me comprehend parts that I'm like struggling with. However, I know that my comprehension um, is great. It's just learning law language is something I'm very new to. So there's that. (laughs) All right. Now, requirements do not apply, again, if the method for conducting the screening is not reliable and valid for identifying. Now, the Division of the Child and Family Services, DCFS for short, approves a method determining it based on research and reliability and valid validity in identifying a child in need of mental health services or alcohol or substance disorder needs or a victim of commercial sexual exploitation. And if the DCFS does not approve a method for conducting screening submitted by a local facility for the detention of children and DCFS does not receive a new method for conducting screening for approval within 90 days after the facility's denial, DCFS will notify the appropriate governing body upon receive, receival of notice governing body and child, uh, excuse me, upon receival of notice, governing body and chief judge shall ensure that the facility complies with the requirements for screening validity. It also states requirements do not apply if the agency which provides child welfare services determines no method of screening satisfies screening requirements. So so you're saying there's a screening and DCFS has to approve of that. But then if you send the child to a place that does welfare services, the requirements don't apply if that agency says there's no method of screening that satisfies the requirement. What? Also, the child advocacy centers are public or private entities where multidisciplinary teams work to investigate and help children recover from abuse and hold perpetrators accountable. Now, also, if the screening shows needs of a child are present, then the family will be screened and given services to help them and the child, but if the family refuses or the family is unfit, other placement for the child will be met, and some sections of this law are effective upon the approval, but the rest of them um, are approved October 1st, 2023, for everything else. Okay, so this is a failed law which i feel like directly relates to this as it was stating child advocacy centers and uh, multidisciplinary teams because this failed bill ab238 which the summary is relating to a child welfare requiring people who are employed to work with children to receive training concerning identification and assistance to commercially sexually exploited children and at-risk children, appointing a multidisciplinary team, establishing the executive committee to review such cases and prohibiting a child's placement in a detention facility. Like, okay, so in one law that you pass, you require that 
these children are in an advocacy center, public or private, where there's a multidisciplinary team. But in the next bill that you failed, AB 238, you did not pass a law that would have required these multidisciplinary teams and these people who work with children to assess if they are a victim or potential to be a victim of child sex crimes. You don't you don't give these people that work with children training like you don't make it a law that they are properly trained what are you doing nevada what are you doing it's like you're doing two steps forward and like five steps backwards to like make it some weird kind of tingo to act like you care but you kind of really don't like it's it's weird this is mind-boggling to me you should have passed the law you should have passed it okay now on to the next failed bill mm-hmm. yeah all right so this is the next failed bill sb121 Yep, okay. I'm going to go over my stuff. Excuse me for that. So the next belt bill, SB 121, the summary is it revises provisions relating to offenses against children, which is the BDR 15 through 29 for Nevada, raising the minimum age of sexual contact from 16 to 17 years of age. But it failed. That's weird. Like, why would you not? want to raise the, the sexual like conduct age or the the age of consent from 16 to 17. you care so much about minors and so much about child sexploitation why would you not why would you not raise the 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 age of consent and honestly as far as like the the laws helping children and minors of sexual exploitation I was 18 years old, excuse me, and 19 years old in casinos being arrested for for minor trespassing in a casino. If I can be a minor trespassing in a casino at 18, 19 years old, and even 20, then I should be able to be helped by services that would help minors who are sexually exploited. Like, that would have helped me a lot. And it could help any other person who went with it, went through it around my my age, fifteen years ago, and currently. Like, if you have twenty one years to smoke cigarettes as the legal age limit, and twenty one years to gamble as the legal age limit, and we can still be arrested as a minor, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old in a casino, and we are prostitutes or sex trafficked or prostituted people then you should still advocate and help us okay because that would help and prevent a lot of women from being 30 40 50 still prostitutes or still being prostituted because yes we have a degree of accountability the older we get but we also have a degree furthered in manipulation and cultivation that led us into this lifestyle further spiraling because there's not help for us, okay? So 
y'all need to start helping 18, 19, 20 year olds as well, just as if we're like teens or very young adults, okay? Let's start working on that as well. Now, another Feld bill, AB233, the summary for that is an increase in penalties for certain crimes under certain circumstances relating to children. Now, the existing law states if substantial bodily or mental harm is not the result of sexual abuse or exploitation of a child who is less than 14 years of age, a person is guilty of a Category B felony. Great. That's wonderful. And must be imprisoned a minimum of two, but no more than 20 years. Now, this is where it gets to me because they failed this law to update it, which the update would have been. The law would have stated a second or subsequent crime of like stack of like stated in the existing law would be a category B felony. But instead of a minimum of two years, it would be increased to a minimum of eight years and no maximum stays the same of no more than 20 years. So you're telling me that you failed a law, you wanted to keep nasty old pedophiles and weirdos only minimum two years imprisonment for a second or subsequent crime, but you didn't want to raise it to six more up six more years to be a total of eight years minimum? Why not? Why would you not want to increase the penalty for child sex traffic like traffickers or like child pedophiles like why would you not want to increase that i it's mind-blowing i literally had to read that like multiple times to understand and make sure like i comprehended that like what why would you not that's freaking weird it's weird nevada it's weird it's looking like y'all like pedophiles just a little bit okay so there is an article that I got from the Las Vegas Review Journal, and I'm not writing it or reading it word for word. I paraphrased it, but this has to do with what Nevada is doing for for children and trying to stay away from from making children criminals for being sex sexually exploited and human trafficked. Now, this um, Las Vegas Review Journal article was written February 10th of 2023 by Ricardo Torres Cortez. And paraphrasing, it does state that Clark County Commission approved the week of February 10th, 2023, almost 3 million in contracts for care of minor victims of human trafficking or those at risk of the crime. And it is a pilot program that was started because of a 2019 law requiring child welfare agencies look after exploited children or at-risk minors. And again, at-risk minors, we really need to consider 19, 20, even 21, like right before 21, like a minor, if you're going to help people get out of being sexually exploited or help combat this cultivated and manipulated mindset of having a pimp and being in sex work, okay? Now, Eagle Quest is a Nevada foster care agency, and they were earmarked $1.5 million. And the St. Jude's Ranch for Children was earmarked $1.3 million. And the funds are asset forfeitures against convicted traffickers and another note they only gave the 
the victims of human trafficking fund $10,000 in the last law episode that I read, read you all. So it's like, how come you didn't come up with more money from asset forfeitures from convicted traffickers for that? Like you even just gave $41,500 for a psychosexual evaluation for two years in a row. That is $31,500 more a year than what you're allotting for the human trafficking victim fund. That makes no sense because not every convicted trafficker who they're taking asset forfeitures for this fund um, traffic children. Okay, you got to start thinking also about the adults too. And I say that because I'm an adult and god dang, I would like some reparations. Are you kidding me? But of course, I do care about children and them being helped as well. You know, I just don't think that a lot of pimps are going after kids in Nevada, as far as just my experience of not seeing that. Um, so, anyhow. The funds are going to enable the St. Jude's Ranch for Children and Eagle Quest to house a total of 18 children, 11 to 17, and they will be offered therapeutic treatment. And it is a one-year contract through October, um, renewable for another year at least. And in 2022, Clark County stated that 400 400 children were assessed for such for sexual exploitation or risk of sexual exploitation and only 50 are receiving services to date february 10th 2023 so out of 400 people um, assessed for this 50 were deemed to need receiving services um eagle <laughs> that was my daughter. So Eagle Quest will foster, the foster agency will foster six girls and give vocational training. Funding also pays for specialized staff. There we go again, specialized staff. But Nevada failed to pass a law that said these specialized staff would get specialized training. <gasps> Hold on, honey. Come here. Come here. Now, Thanks, y'all. I told y'all, secret horse are mothers, too. Oh, she's a little nervous because the lights are off. But come here, baby girl. I'm recording my podcast. I'm almost done. Mama, just open the door. Oh, oh my. All right, back at it. So... St. Jude's will house 12 girls in their Boulder City location as along with Eagle Quest fostering six girls. So that's a total of 18 girls being fostered. And neither center is going to be helping male victims at this point. They do hope to change that. And there is also a St. Jude's Ranch for Children um, is building a 10-acre holistic center with uh, they're potentially opening in summer 2024 which will be separate from the st jude's house that's housing 12 girls so hopefully it does happen in 2024 because i saw that in 2021 is when they originally wanted to open 
but they were having like some issues, I believe, with the HOA of a nearby community of 20 homes. Now, the Clark County School District and Strip Resorts, they don't say which ones, but it just says Clark County School District, CCSD, and certain strip resorts gave $5 million towards the $25 million estimated project fund for the St. Jude's um, Center. And there, the St. Jude's Center that's um, going to house a maximum of 60 residents in six different homes. They do want to mimic a neighborhood and have holistic healing homes to include a school, a community center. Uh uh, turn it off. To include a school, a community center, a library, a yoga and meditation room. And so that will be six homes to house the 60 residents serving 10 to 18 year olds. And it's a 12 month program expectation for the participants. And the CEO of this community is Christina Vela. And they are, you are able to look up this information on the St. Jude's Ranch. I said turn it off now. Thank you. Um, the St. Jude's Ranch.org slash healing center forward slash. And again, it's the St. Jude's Ranch.org forward slash healing center forward slash. So you can look this up on their website. Um, in regards to the community that they do want to build. So that looks nice. And I'm glad that some of strip resorts and even the Clark County School District are earmarking $5 million. But I'm pretty sure that the other $20 million could be raised by the strip resorts if they, like all the resorts, if they really cared. Because as much money as they make, y'all could cover $25 million to build this thing. Um, I'm so glad that I was able to run through these laws, failed and passed, and, um, let you know what is going on in Nevada. Excuse me and thank you for listening while we go through, um, all my mothering and the flaws of this podcast being succinct and, uh, me not having a producer or being able to cut certain things out, um, as you know, a sacred whore is a mother too, and I love my children, and I'm grateful that they slept as long as they did, enabling me to get this off of my chest, out of my mind, and through my heart to you all, and I will look forward to recording my next podcast episode very soon, and that will be more of a, a heartfelt, creative episode just what's going on in my mind uh, of a sacred whore and and just my life so thank you all for joining i appreciate you also yes before i forget go to my website whore to sacred whore.com it is still in the works uh however it is up and running and i do plan on selling crystals curated to sacred whores or women who have gone through 
sexual trauma or want sexual release um, of their partners like cord cutting as well as I do live in Mesa, Arizona, so I'm going to be offering uh, in-person group sessions and private sessions for sample healing, as well as I'll start doing Zoom. So I'll like add a link to that on my website. But my Patreon is Whore to Sacred Whore as well, if you'd love to join, because I am looking to make this podcast um abundant for me to help me care for my children and myself and pay my bills um then i might just become a stripper again because at least it's legal (laughs) um or both but yeah i would love if you joined my patreon and uh if you didn't find me on tiktok and you would like to follow me my tiktok is also where to secret whore um i look forward to talking with you all on the next episode thanks again